Welcome to the Becoming Titans podcast. I'm Russ Yeager, founder and CEO of Body Transformation University. I help busy business owners and executives get a beach-ready body without killing themselves in the gym hours every day, giving up the foods they love, or taking away time from their family or business. I believe putting your health first is the most important thing you can do to propel your business and financial success, ignite passion in your relationships, and to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing inspirational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, Brian Bradley, to Becoming Titans podcast. So glad you're here. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, thanks, Rosemary, for having me on and putting the podcast together. And what I do, I'm the senior managing partner of a national law firm uh, representing high net worth and ultra high net worth clients doing this really cool word called asset protection, where we just give clients peace of mind knowing their assets are going to be protected in case they meet a doomsday scenario or everything goes belly up and they're going to lose everything. Um, and then on the opposite side of it, you know, like I really got into, I like investing in business and I work also as a business and life coach and helping people manage their mental state a little bit better so that when they are successful and need my legal services, they don't mess it all up. (laughs) (laughs) That would never happen. (laughs) I've heard so many stories about that happening. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's like a lot of times we're we're our worst enemies, you know? So if we can't manage ourselves, our mindset, our dysfunction, all that better, eventually we're just going to snowball our, our success and have to either restart or most of the time we're not going to be able to restart. Um, so I like to have, you know, a little bit of both, like help people, ma- you know, not manage their finances, but protect their wealth. But at the same time, you know, like if, if I notice a client needs, you know, a little bit more life coaching, I got a platform for there um, that I can, you know, direct them into get them in their, their mind right. What are some of the most common ways that people have who have built up their wealth and built up their lives to where they want it to be, you see that they do to self-sabotage themselves and then lose it all? I think it's just, you know, a few ways is they don't manage their mental state and they allow too much, you know, like the word is like toxic dysfunction into their life. You know, like they're living they, they find no value in themselves and they're living, you know, lower and insecure lives and they're always chasing something, but they're empty inside. And so I find when you can manage your mental state and you start acting like a true king or queen of your life, like you're going to be the way you act when you're a king or queen and you find value when you have internal worth is completely different than what most people walk around valueless or um, insecure you know, most men don't know what a man is like, and most female, you know, are, are acting like little princesses, you know, or Jezebels. And then you got men walking around like pawns or clowns. And you wonder why their, our lives are always falling apart and, and unwinding, you know, like, and I'm a perfect example of it. Cause for a while I was had a messed up mental state and I had a failed marriage and bad business adventures to go along with it. But once I did the big R word, you know, responsibility, (laughs) (laughs) that no, yeah, yes, responsibility for all your listeners, you know, like that's key. You can't, even something bad happens, just take responsibility for what you can move forward, move on, you know, military principles, improvise, modify, adapt, and overcome. Good things start happening to you. And Mm, then, 
Yeah. And then, you know, like a big part of the other, you know, thing that I see is most people, wealthy people and successful people are, are very good at managing two things, their time and the people that they associate around them. And, you know, like if you can take control of every second, minute, hour, day, week, month, and year of your life, you're going to be a lot more successful than where you are now and the people around you. Um, because only you allow where you devote your energy and your effort to. And so if you always have these toxic dysfunctions and messed up scenarios coming in, distracting you from your work or distracting you from your family, and you're putting them at a higher priority than where you should be focusing on, you're never going to reach where you want to go. And so I think, what was that? Uh, I was going to ask, are you saying basically if your life looks like a um, housewife's episode? Yeah, I mean, I haven't you, watched House Price, but I'm sure... I don't watch a lot of it, but it just seems like there's a lot of drama around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, But they're I all wealthy. <laughs> yeah, don't invite the drama in because it's going to hinder your family success, your business success, relationship success, all of it. And so like how you manage it is going to... It's all dependent on you, not other people. So you're, you're the gatekeeper of your own time and your own life. So just manage it. That's your job. And then your happiness is your responsibility. You become happy by managing that toxic dysfunction, what comes in and what comes out and how much time you devote to the, these people. And if they're not helping you, you stretch and grow, why are they in your circle? And, and that goes to the next, you know, I, I find most of my very successful clients and, you know, like the people that I associate with, they understand the difference between um, like a confidant and a constituent. You know, like there's a big difference. And I think most people lump everyone all together and everyone's their best friends or their confidants. Yes. And it's like, no, a, a confidant, you should only have three or four of those if you're lucky your whole life. You know, like they're with you thick and thin, no matter what. They know your good times, your worst times. They don't judge you for it. They're there. You're not sitting at home saying like, man, I can't wait for, you know, like John or Sally to leave so I can just unwind and be myself again. These are the people where you're yourself no matter what, and they can stay as long as they want because you don't feel bad when they're around or you're not putting on a show. They don't drain you. They don't drink. Exactly. And then, you know, a constituent, this is the confusing part, can can resemble a confidant because they're, they're in it to win it with you, mm-hmm. but they're there for the mission or what they can get with you while you're on that shared journey. But once they realize they can get from point A to point B faster, they're, you're, they're gone. You know, they're jumping ships, you know, right. or something bad happens. They're not there for the bad. They're just there for the good. You know, it's kind of like I heard the analogy scaffolding on a, on a building you know, like they're the scaffolding, you know, once the building is up, they're gone, the project's over, or like it's removable, the scaffolding comes down, they're gone. And so you need to be able to manage and identify like that's your job is who are your constituents? Who's helping you stretch and grow? Who's there for you? Versus constituents, you know, and you have to be able to work with constituents, like you have to be able to work with people, but not everyone's a constituent. And that's okay, you got to be able to set healthy boundaries and identify who's in what sphere and put people in the right sphere. So then you can manage your time appropriately. So how do you learn the difference between whether somebody is a constituent, constituent, who is becoming a confidant, or someone who is a constituent and is going to stay that way? Well, that's a good question. Sometimes that feels like they're going to be that confidant and you really think that they are. And -hmm. then they're not. No. And and that's true. And like, I have to look at it as, 
what are they coming to me for? You know, because they're going to sound a lot similar. But then when the projects start going south or bad, what are they doing? Like, what, how are they reacting? Are they looking to leave? Is their temperament changed? Do the words they use change? Does the energy change? Or are they the normal selves who are inspiring and growing with you as well? So you just have to be able to look at most people that come in, like I was, you know, nine out of 10 of them are all going to be just a, a typical constituent. Like, right. and you shouldn't be throwing everyone into your closest circle. You know, like if you think of it as like a, like I saw this one version of it as, you know, seven circles, you know, like your closest circle, if you have a spirituality is like God or your spirituality, whatever you believe in, it should not be another person because a person can never fulfill that role. So it has to be something beyond yourself. Then the next one is like, you know, your spouse, then your children, then business associates. And how you intertwine these is really going to be like where your confidants lie versus constituents. And those change, you know, like if you get divorced, your, your ex can no longer be in that closest sphere to, you know, your spirituality and you, they have to be removed and step down. Then your children go into that role, you know? So it's always a moving matrix. You just have it's to like be a able chess board. <laughs> and, and most people don't want to manage it. They just want to let everybody in. And then you wonder why you're drained and can't really get anything done in your life is because you're not managing your time and your affiliations with people to its best. How does personal responsibility come into play with your relationships with your constituents and your confidants. Uh, can you can you repeat that one again? Sorry. How does personal responsibility come into play with constituents and confidants? Yeah, it's your responsibility to make yourself happy. You know, like you have to manage your life and and not put that burden on other people. And so I think the responsibility part of it is most people think it's somebody else's job to elevate them. Or if something goes wrong, well, it wasn't my pass the buck. It wasn't my fault. No, like even if it wasn't your fault, find out something to grow from it, a silver lining, take the responsibility of growth on that and move on and then assess the situation, but don't pass blame. And if there is blame to be passed, identify it. Is there something that can be worked with and fixed with or not? And then the way you do with it with people in your sphere is you, when you come to them and you talk to them about it, if they're going to fight with you and argue with about it, probably a bad person to have in, for in, in the long run. You know, like it may be, you may need them for that project, but then once the project done, you know, they're a constituent, like, you know, they're, they're gone, like remove them, replace them. Um, and so I think it just goes back to the R word, you know, like you're responsible for your happiness, you're responsible for your time and how you manage your time. You do those two things really successfully. You're going to have higher quality people in your life. Your time's going to be freed up to do what you want with it. You won't be drained at the end of the day. So you'll have more energy to get your work done and focus more. And so those are like, I, I find in, in business and in life, the two things that are, are mismanaged the most is your time management and identifying people and putting them into the wrong spheres. The personal responsibility takes a lot of energy to implement when you're wrong, but it also just sucks the energy out of you because you're carrying all this negative stuff because when you know you're wrong and you don't admit you're wrong, um, there, that stays with you and you don't realize how much you're carrying it. And then it compo composts as you keep adding on those moments of irresponsibility. What are, what's some wording or conversations? How do people have conversations that are uncomfortable with being responsible for their actions or their part in whatever was going on? 
what is some wording that they can use to start practicing how to be responsible? That's a great because like I'm a very you know, if you look at a, a disc evaluation, you know, and I'm, I'm 99% in the D category driven. And that's very rare because most people have personalities put up in different categories. And so like the driven one is a hard personality. So I had to learn this myself is, and especially as a trial lawyer and a business owner, like you can't just steamroll through people, you know? And so I had to learn this myself. And so the words, you know, to associate is just try to have more out, you, you're empathetic, but you probably don't express it very well. And so we need to pick words like, I understand. I believe that, you know, I try to well, let me understand your point of view. And it, the, the more you come to a situation, whether it's business development or personal problems from like, let me just understand the other person's point of view and not just throw mine onto you, you're going to get to a resolution healthier and faster to where you can either peacefully split it or you can, you know, resolve the issue and move on from there. And the project will be, you know, will continue forward. Um, and uh, another great one for that would be, um, you know, what, what's so I'm trying to think of the word, how I want to explain it. Like, um, can you, can you explain your point of view to me in a way that I, cause I'm just not understanding your point of view. So if you can get them to explain and open up without you telling them what they did wrong or why you are upset with them, it would be less toxic of a conversation. Right. Or saying, what did I do wrong? What, why are you upset with me so that I can get clarity on how to fix this or apologize for the part I played in this? Um, just that part, people are blown away that you're even willing to admit that you might be wrong. <laughs> you don't even have to say you're completely right. wrong at that point until they say, Hey, you did this. And it's like, you know what? You were right. I was wrong. And I apologize for that it was not my intention. Yeah. And don't take, don't take conversations so personal, you know, like right. you're comfortable having uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable conversations are healthy. And I think that everyone's gotten so drawn into, I have to be PC. I have to oh. manage everybody's emo emotions. No life and business and relationships is about just, you know, uncomfortable conversations, you know, confrontational conversations is like the actual term for it. You have to be comfortable having those. Then you will have healthy relationships in your love life and in your business life. But if you're always taking everything so damn personal, then it, you're always going to unravel. And then I think the next part of it is just if everybody in your life is always like you were saying, an energy drainer, yeah. there's an issue there and you are filling your circle and your life up with the wrong type of people. And so that's where you need to evaluate every relationship that you have, all the people in your life and ask, how do I feel at the end of every conversation with these people? How do I feel after every text message? Do I feel happy? Do I feel stretched? Do I grow? Do I learn something from that? Or did they just drain every living fiber out of me and, it do, and I can't get anything done? Then you can start evaluating and placing people in the right position. And then you're so, going to start watching yourself. How do you start removing those people without damaging relationships? Because you don't know how things will change. They might grow over the years and eventually you reconnect. But yeah. do you like chop off their heads? Or? <laughs> Sometimes it depends. It depends on the relationship. Some people, it's like, it's, I, I would be that direct with. And some people, you know, like a great way to say is like, I am in a different season in my life. My ship's going this way. I feel like your ship's going that way. It's nothing personal, but you know, like this is the direction and journey I'm on business-wise or personal-wise. This is the direction you're on. They're not compatible. It doesn't mean I hate you. It just means that we're going in a different direction than seasons of our life. Thanks for the time. 
and you got to be comfortable just saying bye. And most people aren't, you know, they're turning a seasonal stay into a long-term stay. It's a very uncomfortable thing to do. I've done it once or twice and it's really, really uncomfortable to be that honest and that blunt, but it's also, you can do it compassionately. Like I, this one particular friend approached me. It's like, you really hurt me. You did this, you did that. And I'm like, I had no idea I did that. And they were like, moving forward, do we want to keep this relationship? And there was this like couple weeks of just nothing. And I'm like, okay, I'm assuming you don't want to keep the relationship. So I'm going to help you out here. Yeah. And, and, (laughs) It's good to have, like, you got to have the conversation, but then, you know, process it a little bit and the needs faster. And I think adults will value the, the you know, direct conversation about it, you know, they and do. The ones, individuals who are insecure, their insecurity is not your problem. Right. So don't take that on you. Your job is to manage you and then use the words that aren't going to offend somebody, but a direct polite conversation is not rude or offensive somebody who's insecure might see it that way. But again, that's not your problem. So take that burden off of yourself and just manage you manage the words you use, try to come from empathy and understanding. And then you you should be able to have like a decent conversation with an adult. You know, when somebody points out something in the way you're being saying thank you for letting me know I wasn't aware, they're like blown away. Because I want to know when I'm screwing up or I'm hurting other people's feelings or doing something that maybe is inappropriate and I don't realize it is, but it it is really hard to do that. It is. Yeah. We're all different people. We all have different upbringings. We all communicate differently. The problem is no one talks about it and no one's taught it or no one's taught an emotional vocabulary. And so if you increase your emotional vocabulary and you're you, you get comfortable saying, Oh, like what you did, like bothered me because this and this most likely they'll be like, Oh, Rosemary, like I didn't even mean it like that, you know, and you understand each other at a deeper level and it will help the workspace. It will help your relationships in your life. Um, And it's just a matter of being able to have confrontational, uncomfortable conversation. I don't mean confrontation in the sense like we're going to get into fisticuffs. No, we're not going to throw names at each other and tell us how awful we are. (laughs) A confrontational conversation is I'm upset, you're upset, and we're having a conversation about it. That is a confrontational conversation. You know, it's just the definition of it. And you just need to be able to manage those and be comfortable in that situation um, and have an adult conversation without getting your feelings hurt. And it feels really good when you can close out a relationship like that. And it's like, okay, I think we're done for right now for where we're at in life. And it just feels better to move on that way as opposed to like cutting off their heads. Yeah. Or sometimes people just need to be put on pause and then they yes. need to do their own work. And then when they do their work, the relationship will come back in and evaluate and even be better. But it's not your job to, you can only, you know, like take the, a horse to the, to the croft and like, you know, have them, you can't force them to drink though. So at a certain point, you have to be able to cut that and put it on pause and then see what happens and develop from there. And all this takes practice. <laughs> that just being, it does. It takes practice. It but it's a matter of being more comfortable to do it and identify it. But the starting point in all honesty is not with the other people. It's with you and, mm-hmm. and finding this is my must haves. These are my, I can't haves. Mm-hmm. This is my value. This is my sense, my, my worth. This is the journey of my life, my why, my purpose on this planet. Once you identify those things, the rest of it starts falling into place pretty quick because you'll say, I value myself way too much to be 
dealing with this right now. Thank you, but no, thank you. So how have you going back to the beginning of the podcast when you say that, you know, there's people that they build their wealth and then they lose it all. How does, how have you, how have you seen this personal responsibility of being the queen and queen of queen and king of your life change their lives and how, were they able to rebuild their wealth or did it just change their life to where they're happier and have a better quality of life? I think it comes to like raising both, you know, like it comes to how they set up their money in the first place because kings and queens manage money better. You know, like they understand what money is, you know, you know, money is a tool that can then help the kingdom survive. And you can't just like, I got a hundred bucks. I'm going to go spend a hundred bucks because then what are you going to do when there's a famine? How are right. you going to feed yourself? But most people don't think about that. I got money. I'm going to go spend money. And that's not how people manage a kingdom. Um, so it, it comes down to how do you preserve your wealth when you get it? How are you developing wealth? How are you developing your mind, you know, mind, body, soul? What are you doing on that level of it? Um, so successful, really successful people, you're, you see them meditating daily, reflecting, um, having confrontational conversations, but healthy and they know their value. So they're never going to put themselves in these situations where they're going to be taking advantage of because they don't even invite those people in around their life. And when those people do come around, those people generally are so insecure to be around a truly strong human being. Mm. They leave within a few days or like within a minute of having a conversation because they can't sustain a conversation with, with you. True. That is the truth. <laughs> No, like that's very a strong, truth bomb. <laughs> yeah, very strong, confident people detract people who have no value in themselves or uncomfortable in a normal conversation. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that one hundred percent. So, Brian, how can people um, connect with you and get in touch with you? Yeah, so you know my website www.btblegal.com is a great source on the legal side. If you're like, oh, I got some you know wealth or business, and I want to protect this or real estate investments, I use it more as an educational site where people can just watch a bunch of videos. Um, we do. I talk at a bunch of summit and investment conferences, breaking down legal principles, a um, bunch of case law on there. And then if you have some issues or questions about development, you can just email me or jump on LinkedIn. Um, my my email is Brian, B-R-I-A-N at btblegal.com. And, you know, I affiliate with, I love the Tony Robbins program, just have amazing material there. And then Dave Ramsey and a few other guys yeah. and um, RC, you know, Bishop RC Blakes Jr., you know, like King, King and Queens, you know, platform there. Those are like, you know, my three that I like to affiliate with to help people get their lives and finances on track. Russ Yeager here. Thanks so much for listening to the Becoming Titans podcast. If you're a successful business owner, entrepreneur, or executive, consider your company as having a true purpose and would like to be a guest on this program, please visit russyeager.com forward slash apply. And hey, if you got value out of the interview today, I'd be so grateful if you simply would share it on your favorite social media platform. And if you know someone who would be a great guest for the show, tag them on social media to let them know about it and include hashtag Becoming Titans. I love seeing you guys' posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and really mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more about what I do, go to RussJager.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. 
all under my name. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome day, and we'll see you next time.